<laughs> hey, hi. Hey, hi. How are you? I am very tired. I am not a morning person, so this is this is rough. It's just for the listeners, it's 10.45 a.m. <laughs> yeah. That's the kind of morning we're talking about. Yeah, it's technically morning. It, it technically is. You're not wrong. Uh, <laughs> but I just feel like that's important to point out. <laughs> we're not recording at like 5 a.m. It feels like it. It feels like it's 5 a.m. I mean, I did briefly wake up at 6 and then I did some housework and I did some stretches and went back to bed. You're like a little cat. It's a new thing I'm trying. Stretching? <laughs> kind of. But also uh, just I wake up randomly at 5 and 6 and I'm super awake. So I'm like, I'll do things. And then I do things for like 45 minutes and I go back to bed. But I'm tired at all times, pretty much. I mean, yeah, same. Okay, well, let's do this so you can go back to bed. Thank you. I would like to go back to bed before You're work. Welks. We'll get you all snuggled up in bed. Okay, today, do you remember what we're talking about? <laughs> we are ruining our childhood. Well, yes, we are ruining our childhood. Regarding Lisa Frank. Yay! Nice, you remembered. Good job. If you were attending school in the 90s, there's approximately a 1,000% chance that you own school supplies from the Lisa Frank brand, whether it was a trapper keeper, RIP, mm. with neon pandas or a pencil pouch with whimsical cats, Lisa Frank was everywhere. But if you're like me and us, and I can only assume that you are, you probably don't know much about the woman behind the brand. Uh, and in fact, not many people do. Lisa Frank is famously private and rarely gives interviews. The last on-camera interview I could find was from back in 2012, where just her silhouette was shown. That's the one, that's the one you had me watch, right? Yes, it is. That was bizarre. It was very bizarre. And it's also often referred to as a documentary. It's like three minutes long. So yeah, it's... I was misled <laughs> when I was researching and was told, oh, there's a documentary. I thought, perfect. I'll watch that. Three minutes is not a documentary. No. Just FYI. It really is not. Yeah. I, I also thought that there was going to be more, that this was just a clip from it. And then I was like, oh, no, this is this is it. This and this no, that's creepy it. person in a bear costume. I hate animal costumes like that. They freak me out so much. And that bear was just that, like a panda with a top hat or something. I don't know. I think that was what it was. Doing a little yeah, dance. I, those freak me out too. Because you don't know who's inside or what their intentions are. Murder. Most likely. Yeah. Most likely. Most likely. Only a handful of photos exist of her on the internet. How she has managed that. I don't know. It's the internet. Yeah. I mean, obviously, she didn't uh, join us on MySpace or, or LiveJournal or Tumblr or et cetera, et cetera. Nothing. No, she, she kept away from that. Even her Wikipedia page is ridiculously small, despite the popularity of her brand. So today, we're going to dive into who Lisa Frank is as a person and a brand and how she influenced our childhood. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, we're going to follow that very ominous intro with a little trivia. Okie dokie. Question one. Are you ready? Uh, yeah, my foot fell asleep, but I'm okay. I'll power through. Okay. I was wondering what you were doing over there. Okay, I need you to focus. All right. Really hard. Mm -hmm. What was Lisa Frank Inc.'s first official design? Two unicorns fucking. 
That is imaginative, but incorrect. Okay. <laughs> it was a gumball machine, you nut. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I could see that. That's close. Uh, it was also her first logo, and it was inspired by an antique gumball machine her dad gave her as a kid. You sicko. Okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> you tried. <laughs> Okay, so do you remember the rainbow leopard and rainbow tiger cubs? Duh, I had a backpack. Okay, okay. With them. Hey, do not get defensive with me. Can you name them? They had names? Oh, they have names. Uh, Pauline and Jacob. <laughs> you came up with those real <laughs> fast, though. Um, the leopard is Hunter. And the tiger is Forrest. And those are actually the names of her two sons. Hmm. Mm-hmm. It's very Midwest. In fact, most of her characters are actually named after real people. So there could be a Pauline. There could be a Pauline. Actually, oh, I didn't write that down. So I will not say that because I don't have a name. Um, and <laughs> Lisa Frank says she identifies most with Persilla the cat because of her glitz and glamour. And that is Persilla spelled P-U-R-R-S-C-I-L-L-A. Persilla. Incredible. What if her real name is actually Persilla? That would be amazing. That would make a lot more yeah. sense because Lisa's like a pretty basic name. No offense to the Lisas out there. Yeah, they should. They probably know. It's a, uh, but from the, like how, I'm guessing how old she is, Lisa was probably a super common name too. You're not wrong. This isn't a trivia question, but do you have a favorite character or design? Uh, I do like I like the the cats that were on my childhood backpack. They're like leopards, I think. Oh, the ones we just talked about. Yeah, the leopard and the tiger. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, now you know I'm they're really hunter tired. and forest. Yeah, those, well, that's great. I have a picture <laughs> of them. We'll put it on Instagram. Fantastic. Yes, we will if we remember. Last question. What was Lisa Frank's original brand named? To your unicorns fucking. <laughs> uh, no, was it, I don't know, something like Gumball Inc. I mean, or like Happy no. Kid Meadows. No, that sounds like a cult. Yeah, well. Happy Kid Meadows, are you kidding? You've seen some of the designs. Uh, you're not wrong. Um, well, I mean, you are wrong in this case. But <laughs> when she was 20, she started the brand Sticky Fingers. And it was a collection of plastic jewelry that was actually sold at Neiman Marcus and Bloomingdale's. She renamed the company Lisa Frank Inc. in 1979. Huh. Um, I can't find... Again, like with her, I can't find too much on the Sticky Fingers brand, but from what I've been able to read, the designs were like very colorful and whimsical, weird, and they were like charm bracelets and charm jewelry. Hmm. Yeah, I kind of, I feel like maybe this was even meant, like the Sticky Fingers thing sounds familiar. Was it mentioned in the doc that's not a doc? I don't remember. I'm sorry. Never mind. Yeah. We're moving on. We're moving on. Please, please don't grill me. <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> the Lisa Frank was born on April 21st, 1955, and grew up near Detroit and Bloomfield Hills. Her father was in the automotive industry. I could not find what her mother did, probably because it was the 50s and no one cared. <laughs> this is a quote from Lisa. Quote, my dad was an art collector. My mom had a little kiln in our basement and would make pottery. Oh, so maybe she was an artist. I think from about age five on, they sent me to art classes, and I was a huge colorer, huge. 
I think to keep me quiet, they would bring the coloring books and crayons and I would fill up the books. I was totally a girly girl. I was not a jock. When I was 12, my parents got me a loom, so I was a weaver. I love to read. I love to do artwork. I love to do anything girly. And that's from a Jezebel article that I read uh, that I took a lot of this from. Questions, comments, concerns? Sorry, no comment. <laughs> I'm really tired. I, I was just kind of staring off thinking about a loom and like, what was she making with the loom? I don't know. That's a good question. I'm like, what kid owns a loom? <laughs> you're right. You should get your children a loom for Christmas. That sounds Be like, like a you're welcome. fucking nightmare because you know who's going to have to show them how to use that loom? Me. David. David. <laughs> Yes, he's. You just say it's from dad. <laughs> he really wants to teach you the craft of looming. Wait, weaving, <laughs> not looming. <laughs> no, <laughs> looming is creepy. <laughs> he is tall. He could teach them that too. Fair enough. There we go. <laughs> um, when Lisa was a senior in high school, she sold $3,000 worth of her art at an art show and then went on to study math and art at the University of Arizona. While she attended college, she started purchasing handmade pottery and jewelry from local Native American communities and then selling them for a profit in her home state. And this transitioned into her then directing those artists on what kind of jewelry to make and eventually creating her own with the Sticky Fingers brand we mentioned. As we know now, Sticky Fingers became Lisa Frank Inc. All the early designs were obviously created by hand using acrylic paints and airbrushing techniques. She even developed a special ink formula so that everything would be brighter, which is a heavily guarded secret. That's pretty, that is actually pretty cool. I thought so too. I just want to go back. So wait, she bought people's art and then like sold their art? What I think is that she was almost like a a vendor for the artists. Oh, uh, okay. That feels less so gross. She, Yes. Now, I think that is the case. I want that to be the case. I don't know for sure. Yeah. No, I mean, that's that's fair. Okay. I Sorry. I just wanted to try and clarify that. Right. I don't think she was like selling it as her own or anything like, oh, I bought this here and now I'm going to sell it for this much here. But I could be wrong. Who knows? Who really knows? She does, but I doubt it's on her wiki. <laughs> it is not because almost nothing is really frustrating. Bananas. I thought this was going to be piece of cake. And then the first thing I find on the interweb is how she is not on the interweb. I'm like, well, great. <laughs> can I have an address or a phone number so I can call her? You'd probably have to interview her in the scary bear costume. <laughs> like she would be in it. Or maybe maybe she'd make you be in it. Maybe you both <gasps> would be in one just talking horrific Secretly. nightmare fuel. Oh my gosh. I don't like that. Let's go back to the secret ink. That is actually pretty cool that she came up with that. Right? I thought so too. I love a little bit of inventing. Absolutely. During its peak in the late 90s, the company brought in over $60 million a year in sales, which is you know kind of impressive. They designed almost every kind of school supply thing. Um, <laughs> according to our pod mom, <laughs> you and I owned, and here's a list. Stickers, of course, a metal sticker tin, backpacks, folders, pencils, pens, a tape dispenser, and maybe even a lunchbox. I remember getting uh, stationary sets, too. Yes, stationary was big. You just said you had a backpack. Oh, no, I said backpacks, so 
shut yeah. up me. But yeah, like I remember like getting a stationary set and having um little bits of other school supplies like a uh, like a pencil case, a mm-hmm. pencil pouch. Pencil pouches and were also big. too just like pencils. Oh, yep. so big. Love a good pencil pouch. So big. My daughter actually even has a Lisa Frank pencil pouch, not from me. It's new. A new. A new. The company briefly had a deal with Urban Outfitters in like 2012, 2013 to sell t-shirts and vintage, I'm using air quotes, stationary pieces. Oh, stationary. It was a huge success and many of the products sold out, but Urban Outfitters ended their partnership with Lisa Frank for unknown reasons. And that, quote, documentary, as the internet kept referring to it, that I sent you was shot as a promotion for this Urban Outfitters deal. Oh, okay, that makes sense. I wonder if this is conjecture, of course, but I wonder if she wanted a bigger portion of sales or something. And if Urban Outfitters has some shadiness, I'm pretty sure it's rather homophobic. Oh, I don't know much about them. I actually didn't even know if they were still in business. I mean, I don't, I honestly, I don't remember either if they are or not. Fair enough. And I'm not going to take the time to fact check the homophobia because it's just in the back of my mind and I'm going to assume it's right, which you should never do. (laughs) There's like a 50-50 chance that most companies are homophobic, so I feel like we can leave that. Yeah. And this Pride Month, everybody's homophobic. (laughs) (laughs) I still keep thinking about that post you sent us with the dog pride toy that basically made it seem like the dog was homophobic but is now not didn't you send that now reformed yeah or like did it say oh it's a growth didn't it like hashtag growth or something yeah it was something like that yeah it was like a wasn't it like a dog playing with a normal toy and then a dog playing with like a rainbow toy and it was yeah it was something about growth and it did make it seem like the dog was really homophobic but now the dog has (laughs) righted his or her dog ways yes okay back to lisa frank the lisa frank offices had because i don't think the offices are around anymore or the office that was in arizona but they did have a vault where a copy of every product ever made was stored and i want to see that that would be really cool so i accidentally well not accidentally I purposefully read the comments but I got some almost like spoilers in that (gasps) the company the building is like done it seems like everybody was like laid off and the building is just like abandoned but somebody was saying there's still security that's why I'm a little confused as to whether this vault is still there I mean I assume they had to move everything somewhere that I would they didn't assume just... yeah they would have moved all of the stuff but the building is just there being abandoned and kind of creepy yes yeah because it's a huge building yeah, yeah we'll we'll get into the actual business here in a little bit it's uh it's interesting okay I'm excited but they also store or stored somewhere the original artwork that was made before everything was digital so that's pretty cool too I do remember that in the three-minute documentary. Like, just call it, just call it like a little teaser. Yeah, a promo. Urban Outfitters, a little promo. Yeah, fucking documentary. Documentary. Christ. My ass. Uh, okay, Lisa Frank met James Green when he started working for the company in 1982. He was the company's first in-house illustrator and designer, and he eventually became president and CEO in December of 1992. That's when I was born. 
Oh, yeah. Happy birthday. Thank you. You're welcome. They didn't send a card. They did not. Well, you'll see why soon. Uh, Green and Frank married (laughs) on October 22nd, 1994, and their first child, Hunter, was born in 1995. They had their second son, Forrest, in 1999, and in case it's not clear, their names are Hunter Green and Forrest Green. I hate when people do this. (laughs) I do too. Sorry, but I I also hate when people, I also, I'm not sorry if you've done that feel a little bit ashamed. I also hate when people will be like, all of our kids have the same first letter. Yes. Or like the entire family. Are you it talking just... about the Kardashians? Because they can take us down. <laughs> I <laughs> forgot about them, but I guess. No, I'm talking about also, I'm actually talking about people I know as well. I don't like it and it upsets me. It's annoying. Yeah. No, I, I concur. After having her children, Frank mostly worked from home and was rarely in the office. No judgment here. But this means that for about 10 years after the birth of their children, James Green was basically running Lisa Frank, Inc. And if you could see my face, you would realize that that is not a good thing. Oh. Yeah, I was wondering what your face was doing, but I didn't know if it was just your face. It's just the way my face looks. The general consensus regarding James Green is that he was a dick. (laughs) According to a Jezebel article written in 2013, there are sworn affidavits in lawsuits brought against Green where he is described as, quote, abusive, arrogant, and extremely difficult to work with. Several former employees even witnessed Green throwing chairs and other objects in the office. Well... His name's not even on the company. Calm down. Right. Well, like, it's Lisa Frank. It's like, you know, rainbows and unicorns fucking. And like, you're going to bring that energy into that? (laughs) You're going to bring that energy to the unicorn orgy? Stop it. He would also refer... Start over. Cut that. He would also refuse to learn employees' names. Instead, coming up with (gasps) his own nicknames for them. Uh, Essentially, he was a big bully. And allegedly, he and his vice president, Rhonda Rowlett, who sounds like some sort of superhero villain. (laughs) Isn't that a bit Rhonda Rowlett? I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. She's a Vegas villain. Yes. Uh, They were allegedly heavily into cocaine and would often come into work high. Staff members were also pretty sure the pair was having an affair. No, I mean, it's checking out. I also would like to say that I was about to comment when you mentioned that he didn't learn anybody's name. I realized that I couldn't remember his name. I was going to just (laughs) call him by different names that started with J, like Jared. Amazing. Let's do it because his name really doesn't matter. There is a quote from Lisa Frank in court documents during their divorce, which she filed for in September of 2005, where she stated, quote, The precise date being unknown, Green and Rowlett formed a close personal bond and secret partnership. So they were having an affair. Yeah. Allegedly. That sounds like an affair. And I'm just picturing both of them in like the bear suits, like snorting, (laughs) just snorting cocaine off of like Lisa Frank trapper keepers and then just like banging. And it's horrific. This is what you've brought into my life and the lives lives of all of our listeners. So mom, Justin, and maybe a couple other friends if they're still listening. 
This truly is ruining our childhood right now. (laughs) This is, yeah. I'm never, God, I'm going to see your children's Lisa Frank stuff and I'm just going to have flashbacks to this horrific discussion of cocaine bear. Cocaine bear. Yes, thank you for bringing that imagery into my mind as well. I was just saying what everybody was picturing, I'm <laughs> we sure. We all were thinking. <laughs> we yeah. were all thinking it. No, I uh, I was really excited to research this, and I, I learned a lot, but it really was not what I was expecting at all, and I was very sad at the end, and you will be too. No. No. Yeah, I'm already I'm already sad. Well, you're you're gonna get sadder. Um so Lisa Frank after the divorce, during the divorce at some point. Again, it's hard to research her, so give me a break. Uh, She filed a civil suit against James and an application for a temporary restraining order against him so he would stop harassing employees and interfering in the company's day-to-day activities. Uh, She was eventually able to have both Green and Rowlett escorted from the company headquarters, but the lawsuits were just beginning. Lisa Frank, Inc. was involved in nine lawsuits, between the years of 2005 and 2009 against both James Green, Joe Green, and Rowlett. Uh, <laughs> Jeremiah <could> Green. <laughs> Jeremiah. So this could not be a more textbook description of a bitter divorce. Lisa Frank Inc. was like the third child they were fighting for custody of. She did eventually become the CEO of Lisa Frank Inc. again, which, you know, makes sense. This is my favorite part. You're going to love this. So Josiah Green ended up converting from Judaism to Christianity and now sells religious merch on his website. And I'm not plugging him, but I do need you to hear the URL. It's called jameschristianman.com. It is real and I have gone to the website. Okay, obviously he was not in charge of marketing at Lisa Frank. <laughs> Clearly not. So he sells his own designs wow. there. His Uber Christian designs, you know, converted from Judaism, uh jameschristianman.com. Please do not support him. No. But do visit God. the website wow. cuz it's it's pretty good. I'm going to take a perusal while you Please do. continue talking to my ears. Okay, fantastic. Uh so we've got more company controversy unfortunately. The Jezebel article that I will put in the show notes hinted not so subtly that Lisa Frank's personality and the way she treated people was not as bright and colorful as her designs would suggest. According to, and they have this in quotes, Karen, this is the name of the employee they're referencing, it is not her real name, who worked at the company in the 2000s, she says, quote, she was very beauty focused. Uh, She also claimed that Frank was, quote, obsessed with her body image and her waning youth, which Karen believes is what contributed to Frank's reclusive nature. Now, I feel like that's a bit judgmental, honestly, but fine. Fine, Karen. I guess I'm just like, to be fair, I don't know if I absorbed that perfectly because I was looking at the hideous sight. But I mean, I guess like all of those things just seem sad. And if it doesn't affect work, then why do you care? True. I do agree with that. There are other things that will come up, though. I have heard she sucks. Yeah. I mean, I know. And I hate, I hate that. I hate even saying that. But that does seem to be the general thought, which is unfortunate because her artwork is amazing. Let's continue. 
Another employee who worked for Lisa Frank Inc. during the couple's divorce described Frank as, quote, a very passionate lady, although a little manic and not always all there. She kind of looks like one of her characters. And then he added, quote, very over the top and very colorful with big hair and really big eyes. Uh, This is a quote from someone not named Carolyn. She says that, quote, Lisa Frank is notorious in Tucson as the world's shittiest employer. (laughs) Every single person I talked to advised me to avoid Lisa Frank at all costs. I didn't know a single person who had not heard horror stories about the work environment there. Yeah, there was a lot of that in the YouTube comments Mm -hmm. for the documentary that was nigh. And I know we talked about Jordan Green's actions (sighs) and his you know, negative impact on the business, but it it wasn't just him. It sounds like they both were just very crappy employers. Sucky in different ways. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I guess like her not throwing chairs is a step up from JJ Green, but uh, it's, you know, he put like that bar on the ground and she just had to step over it. So yes, it's not a high bar. That bar? No, no, no. No, no. No. So, yeah, it does seem like they're both not great. Yes. We've got more court documents that quote another employee stating that, quote, the word in Tucson is that you don't want to work for the Lisa Frank company. Now, we already discussed how Geronimo Green was a loose cannon (laughs) with an alleged drug problem who liked to bully his employees. But what else was going on at LFI headquarters that had everyone speaking out against them? Well, let's start with the company's internal newsletter called, quote, (laughs) frankly speaking. That's kind of funny. God. (laughs) I mean, it is kind of funny, but it also just brings me back to when I was working in office jobs and they're just bad. Mm -hmm. They're just so bad. This one was really bad. It was a handbook of sorts with rules on how employees should conduct themselves, but mostly it was about how they should interact with the CEO, Mean James Green. Employees alleged that the office was silent because coworkers were not allowed to speak to each other. There were constant memos, which makes me think of office space, uh, coming yeah. out with more rules and policies all the time. Even family members were not allowed to visit. Lawsuits also revealed that management had been illegally recording employee phone calls. I'm sorry, is is this Mariah Carey Green? What is happening? <laughs> Wait, I don't get it. I have just heard allegedly she's like an insane diva and like a don't make eye contact, don't like uh... just only green jelly beans sort of weird level of shit. So it was it was a kind of dated reference. I guess my point is, I'm just like, look, Lisa Frank is obviously a a huge company and they're making lots of money, but I'm like, it's not like you're a fucking rock star. I, It's just, I mean, and you shouldn't even if you are, but it's just hilarious that he was like, man, he was feeling himself. That's Mm -hmm. for sure. Yep. Frankly speaking. Now, if you wanted to leave Lisa Frank Inc., well, that was difficult too. Allegedly, the company wasn't great about following through on severance packages or unemployment benefits. Some employees even had to sue for their final paychecks. That's fun. Good God. Yeah. So they didn't really want you there, but they didn't want you to leave either. Just an abusive relationship. Yes. Very toxic. There were also a series of lawsuits from local contractors and builders for $4 million worth of work on the company's headquarters that they claimed they never got paid for. I didn't really look into the outcome of these lawsuits because I'm not a lawyer uh, and this isn't a law podcast and I, it makes me sleepy. 
<laughs> looking into lawsuits. I'm like, just be real. Just be like, it was boring. I didn't do it. It truly, that truly is why I was like, okay, well, yeah, well, we can just ponder that. So understandably, all these issues meant that Lisa Frank Inc. had a high turnover rate. A former employee claimed that, quote, over 80 people walked out the door between February 2003 and December of 2004. Damn. I mean, that feels like a lot of people. Now, I don't know what their normal staff numbers looked like, but 80 people's quite a bit, I would say. Yeah, that's that's a lot. Not a great look. No. Lisa and... I really, I'm trying I to think can't of think of J, J name. names. I don't know why. Jessica. Je- <laughs> Jamantha. Jamantha. <laughs> Despite the company's murky past, Lisa Frank does seem to be experiencing a comeback in recent years. She has two apps, Lisa Frank Pick and Share, which customizes pictures with Lisa Frank clip art. Great. And Lisa Frank Zoom and Color, which features Lisa Frank coloring pages. Fine. Damn, that does sound kind of fun. It does sound kind of fun. I know. In 2019, people lost their minds, apparently, because the K-pop group BTS was on Paper Magazine's cover with Lisa Frank's designs behind them. I Do you know, does this make any sense to you? Because I don't know who BTS is. K-pop exploded in the U.S. and they're one of the biggest, if not the biggest, I would say, like, name over here. Okay. One of them. I can't list any songs. I don't really listen. I just know. I think they're also the ones who like had a deal with McDonald's and there was a really good sauce that came out of that. I will say that. A sauce? Uh, it was so great for the, ch- yeah, for the chicky nugs. Okay. They had like their favorite sauces. Hold on. Temporarily. What I was going to ask you would I know any of their songs, but let's see. I, I don't know any of their songs. Okay. I'm going to Goog it. Also, if you want the Cajun, the sweet, chili, um, I'm going to start that again. What is happening? I don't know. Also, if you want the Cajun and the sweet chili sauces that were a limited edition with their BTS McDonald's little team up, you can buy a pack of each for $20 on eBay. Okay. Purchase now, please. We'll put it as a business expense. They're they're really good. Do it. Okay. I've never heard that song, but- I kind of like them, honestly. <laughs> They're pretty rad. Yeah, I know. I mean, they exploded. Kelsey, actually, her favorite band is a K-pop group called Dreamcatcher. You told me she was into K-pop at some point. But not BTS. Yeah, yeah. <gasps> she's uh, She doesn't like a lot of the big ones, but she really likes Dreamcatcher, which I think is getting bigger here. And okay. I like a lot of their songs. What's interesting too, and kind of cool, sorry, this is, I know this isn't about K pop, but what is kind of interesting is I feel like a lot of the music isn't often even translated, like, or they don't have like an English version. And some of it, like, it still slaps. Yeah. Okay. It's still fun. Love it. It really reminds me of girl groups and boy bands from when we were growing yes. up. So it's, it's kind of delightful seeing it come back. And also, it kind of makes sense that it's coming back. When a lot of 90s and 2000s, or like it's become really big while 90s and 2000s stuff has exploded. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they had in that music video I was just watching a lot of the synchronized dancing. It felt very boy band. So maybe that's why I love it now. I love it now. Okay. Love K-pop. Do it. Fine. I will. Okay. Okay, great. great. All right. Well, so people lost their minds over that. I suppose I get it now. (laughs) Lisa Frank also partnered with Hotels.com in 2019 
to create a Lisa Frank flat in Los Angeles, which looked amazing. I saw pictures of it, but it looks like it doesn't exist anymore. I wonder if it was just like a pop-up thing or like temporary, I guess. Yeah. But that's pretty cool. I, I would have stayed there. I'm not going to lie. If they do it again, we should do a sister trip wherever it is and stay there and have 7-Eleven slushies with wine. <laughs> and watch Bluey. <laughs> and watch Bluey. Yeah. That was like, the best. That was so fun. It was really fun. If you guys hear of another Lisa Frank Hotels.com partnership, uh, please let us know. I will link an article that has photos of it so you can see because it's pretty cool. And Lisa Frank now does exist on social media. It's run by her son, Hunter Green. <laughs> Pause for laughter. Um, uh. So the online shop. This is a little confusing because there is a lisafrank.com where you can shop merchandise. And this is the link from the social media pages. So I assume it's legit. But then there is also a shop.lisafrank.com that I ended up browsing first somehow. And this site also looks above board, but I'm guessing it's a knockoff. But I'm surprised that they're allowed to sell the merchandise. But wait, that's from the official social media? No, the lisafrank.com is from the official social media. Oh. The shop.lisafrank.com I stumbled upon when I was first just Googling hmm. whether you could shop her merchandise. And that has a ton of stuff too. And it also looks legit. But I'm assuming one is not because why would you have two? It's too early for me to figure this out. There must be a reason. Okay. Will you please look into it? Uh, Lisa Frank also currently has partnerships with Blend Jet. Those are those little... I have one. You do? Yeah. I... They work really well. I lost part of mine. Which part? The blending part. <laughs> so it's just a cup now. So the important part. Can you please walk me through how you lost that part? Well, I don't really know, honestly. I think it's the ADHD. Sometimes I set things in weird places. Like I wouldn't be surprised if it was in like I have art baskets or like art supplies bins. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if like just one day I'm going through there and I find it. I don't know what I do a lot of times. Okay. Fair enough. Well, you could get a, Le a Lisa Frank blend jet and those <sighs> look pretty cool. Actually, I've almost bought one several times. Not pulled the trigger yet. You should yet. get me one. Okay. And then we'll make it a work expense. <laughs> Perfect. We're just expensing all over the place. We have no income, but we sure do have expenses. <laughs> That's me right now. I mean, I have some income, but I have more expenses than income. We call that a deficit. We, we call that hashtag debt. <laughs> yeah, a lot. Uh, she also never has a house. Is just getting sadder and sadder. <laughs> okay, let me tell you about her other partnerships, please. Yes. She also has a partnership with Loungefly. I think they're loungewear. Yes. Oh, yeah, sense. I've seen them. Okay. Mm -hmm. Orly, which is like the nail situation. Mm -hmm. Okay. Morph, M O R P H E. I haven't heard about that one. I hadn't, so I looked them up. It's a Los Angeles cosmetics and beauty manufacturer that was founded in 2008, apparently. So there's that. Oh. She also has a partnership with Crocs. And I know that Crocs are back, but I will not accept it. Riley? No. They never left. Well, 
Okay, but they're like really. They just became like, they just went from being like people wore them and knew they were ugly or more like people wore them not really thinking about whether they were ugly or not. They're just like, these are comfortable to now them being ugly fashionable. And I hate it. Well, yeah, it's upsetting. I have friends in Florida who wear them and every time I see them in snaps, I make fun of them. And my friend tries to be like, no, it's, you have to wear these in Florida. And I'm like, I would rather die. That's okay. That's what's wrong with Florida right there. And, you know, come at me, come yeah, for me. It's definitely not all of the homophobic and transphobic legislature. It's Crocs. It is the Crocs. But did the Crocs start that? We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. You know, people are like selling charms for Crocs now. I'm like, quit it. Yeah. Knock well, that's because off. they got a lot of celebrities to do croc, um, what's it called, promotional shit. And then, yeah, they were like wearing, I think like Justin Bieber was one where he was wearing crocs with like a bunch of charms and socks. I mean, it's sick is what it is. And I hate it. They are it's a so perversion. Ugly. It is. And people know they're ugly. But because. People like them because they're ugly. Yeah. I didn't think we liked ugly things in America. I thought everything had to be perfect and pretty. I think we... I was being, like, sarcastic there. I don't actually think we should think that, but... (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to respond, and then I just thought about Crocs again. You're just so tired. Um, I really am. I keep looking at my phone to make sure I have time to nap after this. (laughs) Good. I just really need my ADHD medication. Well, we're we're almost done because I can see my conclusion in my notes. Oh, good. That nap is right around the corner. I'm stoked. <laughs> Last partnership, now that we've shit on Crocs, is Invisibobble. Those are those, the what? hair ties that look like phone cords. That's okay. apparently what the brand is called. I didn't know that. I thought... I thought it was going to be like a sex toy. And I was like, honestly, like a lot of OG Lisa Frank fans are adults. So it makes sense. And I think she should consider it. You know, it's funny that you should say that because there have been, I follow their Instagram and there have been posts that are more marketed towards adults. And there were comments from people being like, this is a kid's brand and this isn't appropriate. And somebody else was like, no, all the people that grew up with this brand are now adults. So like it is for us. It's not for kids. Oh my God. Lisa Frank, make a unicorn dildo. Now is the time. The time is now. The time is now. Alrighty. As we know, whether we like it or not, we've talked about this. The 90s are making a comeback. So there's just something about the bright colors and the magical characters of Lisa Frank's world that still bring a smile to my face maybe not as much anymore and it's pretty obvious that you and I love the design because if you look at our pod art that is all Lisa Frank inspired she did a lovely job she did a great job that was colorful and cocky on Etsy it's beautiful and wonderful now I just feel a little bit sad when I look at it but it's still amazing (laughs) (laughs) but we didn't pay Lisa Frank We paid this lovely lady. Yes, an independent artist. Who doesn't, I'm going to assume, throw chairs? No. At employees. She has a disclaimer on her Etsy shop that she does not throw chairs. Does she? Allegedly. Mm -hmm. Allegedly. I bet she does. (laughs) 
I was obviously really disappointed to hear about her business practices. Uh, you know, I'm such a fan of her work and it just evokes such a positive feeling in me with like the colors and the subjects. So it really shocked me that like the working conditions were so terrible because it's so opposite to what the designs look like. Uh, so I think this might be one of the cases of loving the art, but not the artist. I think that I still love the tacky and yet whimsicalness of her art, but I'm going to take the firm stance of doesn't stand up today because no. I think we need to expect more from corporations and businesses. I think we always should have, but we definitely have given them too much leeway now. So I'm going to say get artists who can do that style and pay them instead, buy it secondhand, or uh, buy it from sus sources. There you go. You heard it here first. Or maybe like third, but you heard it here. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. I don't want to, you know, ever get caught up in like gossip or bad mouthing, but like the sworn affidavits from former employees are pretty damning. <laughs> yeah. that's At that point, that is not gossip. That's... <laughs> True. Public record. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Fair enough. So, yeah, I would agree that unfortunately the brand doesn't hold up, but the designs are still amazing. And that's to the end. That's all I have. It was super sad. And I guess that's why we did this podcast, but I was still like, wow. <laughs> I'm I sad now. I'm glad you did this one because I had heard for a number of years. Like, I, I didn't know why she sucked. Like, I couldn't quite recall, but I had heard there were issues. And so I've known for a number of years that something wasn't above board. So I wasn't shocked by what you found out. Okay. But I'm sorry for your loss of innocence. It was really sad for me. I hadn't heard anything because I'm old, I guess. I don't, I don't know why I hadn't heard anything. I don't know what you do. I suppose because I'm not, like, out there buying Lisa Frank products necessarily within the last 10 years. We had them as kids and then that was it. I'm guessing one of your child, one of your child's child, <laughs> one of your kids just picked out a Lisa Frank thing. And that was like the first time you thought about it in a long time. Yeah, you're right. Because when we were school supply shopping and I saw those designs again, I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't know they were still making Lisa Frank stuff. And I, I was yeah. really excited about it. And now I know. I also, I, ha I remember I also had folders and notebooks and yeah, so much stuff. All the stuff. Damn. Damn. You can find a bunch of it on eBay, but I do kind of want the blend jet. Yeah, the blend jet. I really just wish I knew what happened to the butt of mine. It's a pretty important part. Yeah. You can't blend without it. No. Maybe you can't handle the responsibility of a portable blender. Because then you can move it around too many places. I mean, that could be it. But then I just don't use another, like the non-portable blender because it's just like a lot. I'll just starve. <laughs> I was doing it because I hate making food for myself and feeding myself. Mm -hmm. So I got it so I could just make lots of smoothies. And then I lost it very quickly and it was upsetting. That's so sad. Well, don't buy a Lisa Frank blend yet. But if you do, I'd understand. <laughs> <laughs> We're coming down real hard on bad business practices today on Listen, ruining our really childhood. Cute. They're so cute. 
they're pretty great. They are. I wonder if I could go find my blood jet, but I'm going to go take a nap. Yes, because you're about ready to fall over asleep. Well, we've done it again. We've ruined everybody's day again. Go us. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Bye, nerds. You've reached Sid and Riley. We can't come to the phone right now. So leave a message after the beep. Ruining Our Childhood was filmed in front of a live studio audience. Psych. But it is produced by us, Riley and Cassidy. With music by Joseph Tuna Medish. You can follow us on Instagram at ruiningourchildhoodpod. Or send us an email at ruiningourchildhoodpod at gmail.com. Support the show through our coffee account, ko-fi.com slash ruiningourchildhoodpodcast. Later!